0: Hello, and welcome to the Equity Foundation podcast. The Equity Foundation
1: is the professional development arm of Actors' Equity. Our mission is to assist,
2: educate, and inspire performers. To find out more, visit www.equityfoundation.org.au. Good afternoon, everyone. Hi, it's Alex Jones. As you know, I'm the Program Manager at the Equity Foundation, and today I have the great pleasure in introducing our special guests, editors, Julianne DeRuvo and Nick Holmes and equity member Nicole Naboot in the interview chair. Between them, uh, Julianne and Nick have edited some of Australia's most wonderful programs, including the very recent The Newsreader and Wakefield. And Nicole has just finished playing Queen Claudia in Because the Night of the Maltas. So we are thrilled to welcome them here today. Before we commence, I would like to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora nations and pay my respects to all the traditional owners of country and all throughout our country and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture and that this always was and always will be Aboriginal land and we pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. I also want to thank the Equity Foundation's principal sponsor, Media Super, who are the only super fund that is dedicated to the print, media, entertainment, arts and creative industries. Uh, media Super therefore have a unique understanding of creatives' retirement needs and the different income streams and they have supported Equity's professional development, uh, um, the Equity Foundation since its inception and we are very grateful for their support. If you need super advice or financial advice and you don't have the contact details, please let me know and I will give you the relevant details. Okay, so thank you and over to you, Julianne, Nick and Nicole.
1: Thanks, Alex. And um, thanks to the Equity Foundation for running this. I think this is going to be an incredibly exciting session. And thank you so much, Nick and Jules for doing this. We um, you know, look, we're all sitting back here as actors, and we, we get to the we get to the set, we've done our audition, probably sent in us, you know, a self-tape, possibly had a meeting on Zoom. We've got the script, we've had um, meetings with costume, and then we get in there and we just really want to do our best job. You know, we're we're there to to give the truest, most interesting character and storytelling to to the show. But, you know, and the other thing, of course, is we also want to get the most screen time we can possibly get. So, you know, we know that the directors are involved in choosing um, the sort of final and the producers, but we also know that you play very big parts in the final product, the editors, and yet we never really meet you as the actors. It's, um, it's, It's quite rare to meet the editors. So... Today we are just hoping that you will share your knowledge of the industry and also help us along the way by giving us some tips about what what it is that you are looking for when you're editing. What it is that actors can do to improve their performance or give you more to work with. So I'm just wondering if uh, if if we can start um, by just briefly. By both of you talking about what it is that editors do.
3: <laughs> what do we do? Uh, well, of course, we get all the uh, rushes on uh, Tuesday of what was shot on Monday. Uh, hopefully, I'm just about to do Misty Road, so maybe I, I may get the rushes on Wednesday for what they shot on Monday. But and uh, using the script as a guide. I mean, everyone has their different approach, but I actually write on the script as I'm looking at it, which takes I prefer for which moments in it um and then uh, yeah i mean i do spend most of my time looking for what i think is the best bit of acting uh in each for each moment because um, i just love cutting actors actually and i love actors that i've kept getting awards as well because <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i've been true to them you know um because you know they're they're putting my, their emotions in our hands. And uh, I, I love uh, you know, treating that with great, the greatest respect. And then, you know, then we cut a scene. I do like usually three or four versions, polishing it a little bit, playfully mucking around with it to see what, what comes out, and uh, put it aside and cut the next scene. And then later, when we look at it, uh, Jill, Jill's, I'm not sure. If, I'm sure you've had this experience. You wonder who made that mess. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> a week later, and then um, fix it up.
0: Mm-hmm. I guess that next stage is it's all about looking at each scene in the context of the whole, you know, because things can work in the context of a single scene and can feel really great. And then when you watch it in context in the whole episode, you'll find you do need to go back and tweak performances and sort of um, performance levels and to make sure that there's a sort of emotional
1: continuity
0: over the whole
1: yeah that's so when you start when you're approached about a job are you given do you speak to the directors first or do you get the script first or I mean obviously you both have working relationships with different directors is it a lot is it a lot to do with that
0: yeah um yeah it can be I find both producers and directors I don't know about unique but it's sort of a bit of each and generally you will get the script first sometimes before there's a director attached people sort of tend to try and lock us down early but it's also you know I tend to not say yes until I know who's directing just to know whether we have the same sort of sensibility and until we can talk and sort of figure out whether we're seeing things the same way and it's not always you know it's not always a bad thing if if that's the case but it is nice to know that you sort of both want want it to go in the same direction. Are
1: you do you mean seeing things the same way in terms of the script what you're thinking about in terms um, of
0: yeah the tone and the performance tone really is is the thing that I like to talk to the director about
1: so directors will have particular signatures I suppose and do you think editors have the same thing
0: I think so, do you oh, think so? yeah absolutely yeah yeah I mean I think we're hired for our taste in a way I think people sort of hire you um knowing that you share their taste and especially in performance tone. Like that's a big thing.
1: There's a um, Shonda Shonda Rhimes has said that editors are like writers and they're as much a writer as any script writer on her set. And it's about feeling and emotional reaction and storytelling. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Is that how you see yourself as you you are as well as the script, you're actually your you're moulding the story as well.
3: Yeah, yeah, sure. And of course, you can have the most brilliant script, well thought out script in the world, but then when you know when everyone gets on set and it's raining and you can't shoot what you're supposed to shoot, and they try and shoot something else that will fit in, you you end up always, you know, to some extent, constructing, reconstructing the story.
0: Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. it's more like script editing, I guess. You know, it's yeah. like doing another draft. Um, where you then look at what you have, so the script is the starting point, and then you put, you know, you put the cinematography and the direction and the angles and the performances together, and it gives you uh, like a whole lot of other layers that need um, to work in with that original script that might change things here and there. So you're sort of always adjusting.
3: And you almost always find you can cut ch- large chunks of things out of scenes.
0: Yeah, because on the page, you need the dialogue to tell the story, but then on the screen, uh, you know, one look sort of says what five lines might say.
3: You know? Yeah, I heard a great story. Um, I can't remember. It was Harrison Ford was on a film, and um, when he read the script, he went to the, actor, the writer and said, you, I've got three pages of dialogue here. I can say that with a look.
1: <laughs> True, <laughs> and, yeah. and
3: the right. this is the story the writer was saying, he said, and he did.
1: i'm going to ask you a question about how much um i'm going to put a little pin in that reaction there and just finish off this sort of discussion this little section about how much liberty you have as an editor in terms of crafting the final product
3: uh that depends doesn't it um we have liberty in terms of uh, assembling the rushes but then we go through a process of collaboration with directors and producers in TV, and then with the network. And some companies have lots of layers of executives, like Seesaw, Um, when I was doing The End. You know, we had tons and tons of time because of all the layers of of executives, which was fantastic. You know, the more time you have, the better the result. Um, But yes, so you don't have complete freedom except for the first cut.
1: So yeah. will you obviously the more layers you have, the more time it comes back to you to be played with. Yeah.
3: And you've got to, got to um, enjoy trying to make something you don't agree with work.
0: Yeah, exactly. And make it, you know, I always often look at it as though our job is to keep everybody happy while not fucking up the product. <laughs> <laughs> like that really is what we do. You know, it's a way of like addressing everyone's notes in a way that you're not embarrassed to put out in the world.
3: Yeah, which is harder. It's but
0: it's hard.
1: Yeah, I'm going to jump forward now to talk about to talk about us, like the actors, because that's what we like to do. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm in interested. terms of um, what you said, you know, about Harrison Ford saying, "Look, I can say all of that. I don't need any of that dialogue. I can do it all in a reaction or all in a all in a look." When we are on set and, and we're thinking about. In terms of say you've got a small, you've got a small part and a it's your it's your feel like it's your sort of breakthrough part. What can you do as an actor to make sure firstly you you don't get cut out and sometimes are just a situation where there's just too much and your character's not important. But there are, are there other things that you can do that make sure that you're giving the best, giving yourself the best chance.
3: There's certainly something you have that you can't do, which is try and draw attention to yourself by doing a whole lot of irrelevant business, (laughs) which is what I've seen quite often. And that's a good way to end up on the cutting room floor.
0: Yeah.
3: Well, it's it's the same advice to any act of simplicity. You know, we're after the truth. We're looking through the rushes to find truthful moments, you know, where we believe that character, that actor is that person.
1: Yeah. So we get told, you know, I've been reading a little bit, so I just I want to read something to you that I read that made me think. Um, so Geoffrey um, Richmond has said, as an actor, you want to be able to bring different things to the set and try different things. As editors, we want options from the actors. Things that are unexpected are the gems we're looking for, slight subtleties or approaches to the dialogue on the page that are different and aren't feeling aren't fill in the blank types of performances sometimes i read that sort of thing and i think yes yes that sounds fantastic so options but it also f- puts that sort of scare into me of doing things that you're doing just for the sake of doing things which is what yeah. you've said so but there's a difference there do you do you do you want to expand on that sort of that the subtleties or the options or that we can, as actors, give you different choices that might be helpful?
0: Um, I think it still needs to be, I mean, what we're looking for is basically we want to clearly communicate the purpose of the scene. And that is, is what we're looking for, is what clearly communicates that. And when we talk about options, it should still be all within that umbrella, you know. So it's looking at. Okay, um, for instance, in a scene, you might your options might be, um, you know, different levels of intensity or they may be different levels of engagement with the other characters and then subtle things like that. So, you know, it's still, I guess, you know, when you talk about options, um, it's, it's sort of still within a very subtle range, I think. What about you, Nick? Do you yeah, also yeah. use any wild... Variations.
3: Yeah, totally agree. Because sometimes with a, a, a scene that's got lots of characters in it, like what I've been cutting recently in Total Control, with you know eight people sitting around a table, it can take hours to shoot those scenes. So you might be still, you mightn't get your close up until you've been already been there for, for two hours, and you have to maintain you know the same thought process that you've been using all the way around.
0: That still it tells the story. Yeah.
3: yeah, and I've certainly had you know young actors who seem to be getting bored by the time <laughs> the camera gets them, so they start doing something outrageously different. And it's uncuttable, you know, it has to be yeah, within a range. But of course we just don't want the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we at least get a couple of takes. I always ask directors to, to at least shoot two takes, but because sometimes you're in such a hurry in television that they don't want to.
1: Yeah. Do you ever get um, Do you ever get the rushes and tell the director that you're going to need to do that again, that scene again? Does that well, happen?
3: Well, we were talking about that yesterday. Yeah. I had a scene in the show years ago where the director uh, got sick and couldn't come in on the Monday, <clears throat> so they, the director of the next block just had to step in and start directing. And there was quite an intense scene between the two leads, and of course, he didn't know really the background or. You just dumped there the director and the actors were just you know they just went really into a dark dark place they were yeah. weeping you know carrying on and the, when the other director came back and looked at it and i actually called up and said you know we need to reshoot that and um so the original director came back and he looked at it and he said what's wrong with that is that they haven't realized that people actually hide their feelings you know, people hide their feelings from each other. So we went back and reshot it that way. And um, the actors were furious that that happened. But I'm um, <laughs> not blaming anyone. You, you, you need someone to be directing. Um, but, yeah, it was so that, yes, it has happened. Not very often.
1: So that's in terms of, so that's a really interesting point you bring up then about the sort of continuity of emotional or emotions or tones, really. That's what I'm hearing there too. So, one of the big things that, because things are so often shot out of order, there is this um, I mean, that's one of the big skills as actors. We have to be able to know where we are at that time of the script.
3: Yeah, well, you have a director who should be guiding you there. And, we, and our advantage of course, is that if we've misread that, when we, when we see the scenes cut together, we can fix it. We mm-hmm. can go looking for other versions. The actor it can't, it's done. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, that's one advantage that we have is that if we screw it up, we can do it again. You know, we can yes. change it and do something different. But once it's committed to film or digits these days, you know, it's done. This is another reason for a bit of variety, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. If you've got then, if you've got those extra couple of takes which have a slightly different subtleties, is slightly different, then it actually gives you the option later on if things have changed yes. that you can you can slot those in, yeah, edit them in. With continuity, how how big an issue is continuity? It <laughs> can
0: take this one,
1: you know. Well, the props. Well,
3: look, um, it would be brilliant for us if everyone had fabulous continuity, <clears throat> and the performances were truthful. But if we have to choose, we'll take a truthful performance and just be happy to spend the time trying to make it work. The advantage of great continuity is it gives us complete flexibility in the edit yeah. to choose the best bits of performance. I mean, I, you know, many on many occasions I've used a bit of performance that I, I didn't want to use yeah. because of a continuity problem. And they people say all the time, continuity doesn't matter. But then suddenly it does matter. Yeah.
0: yeah. But, yeah it just um, leaves you with a lot more options if the continuity is good. And, you know, that's one way definitely to avoid hitting the floor is if your continuity is good, then there's no reason to cut away or to cut around anything.
3: Yeah. I mean, there's one thing that's just Repeatedly bugs me is people playing with their hair and, and, in a shot, Getting particularly with long hair. <laughs> you know, people, people, um, I've got it coming in. A kind of a barber, but, uh, um, you know, if you're going to don't touch your hair unless there's a dramatic reason for touching your hair in the middle of a shot. And then, if you're going to do it, um, you know, those, those, we just don't want to make you too self conscious, though. That's the balance, with, you know
0: yes i mean nick and i we we spoke about this yesterday briefly is that a lot of the time certain actions are connected to a dramatic intent and that is probably the best way to look at continuity you know like you're doing something at a particular point in time because there's a dramatic reason for it and you know and then that way, it probably gives you a bit less to think about. But like Nick said, like it's you know you don't want everybody to be so self conscious about what they're doing and where they're putting things that they're not paying attention to their performance.
1: Are there any particular scenes? Are there certain types of scenes that are the most dangerous for continuity?
0: Dinner tables.
3: I'm thinking eating. Oh, Those yeah. dinner table scenes take forever. It's just they do.
0: That take days. I'd
3: rather cut a big action scene. <laughs> <laughs> action so much
0: <laughs> easier.
1: <laughs> Do you end up getting a whole lot of actors who just actually don't eat anything because they're way too afraid? <laughs> Good. Good.
0: <laughs> that would be
1: nice.
0: <laughs> just eat at the same at, on the same line all the time, yeah.
3: and <laughs> but don't worry. You know, that, it's much worse to be self conscious than to have bad continuity.
1: Exactly. It, it is an interesting thing because I know I have been on. You know, I have been on set where you're having a great, you've, you know, you're having a lovely lovely sort of scene with somebody and you suddenly have that moment of going, oh, I didn't pick up the cup at the right time. <laughs> you know, and it's horrible because you know as well that not only have you not done that, but the, that thought has dropped in. Yeah. And suddenly out of the That's moment. Right. It's just like,
3: yeah. great. Um, yeah, well, don't worry about it. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like if you're a masterful at any craft, you know, it takes a huge amount of work and, um, you know, I'm sure it would be fantastic. I've noticed that, um, Julianne's too young to have noticed this, but uh, when I started doing this, everything was shot with one camera and actors had a lot better continuity in those days because I'm talking about, believe it or not, almost 35 years ago. because uh, they you know they had to whereas mm. people get I think get used to things being shot multicam where uh, you know it's less it appears to be less important but of course it's not really so I've noticed a gradual lack of discipline in, on that front over the past 35 years.
1: So you're really saying in many ways we need to if we're going to, have movements or actions we nearly we need to prep beforehand they nearly need to be marked into our because we really
3: yeah, well, you need to know why
0: yeah like, it helps the I mean, it purpose
3: it. of that moment you know maybe if you're doing something with your hair to buy time if the character's buying time fine whatever it is there's a reason um yeah and it takes a massive concentration and discipline to keep doing that for hours <laughs> uh, in a big scene. I'm sure. I couldn't do
1: it. Can we talk a little bit about um, reaction versus, so, you know, how important and how often do you find that you end up spending more time on the actor who's reacting to what's being said than the actor speaking? If there's.
3: We love it. We we do love an actor who's um, in the moment entirely through the scene when not, you know, when they're listening certainly often that can get us out of trouble you but know. also be
0: more important in in the storytelling sometimes yeah you know? not all about
3: talk is it
0: yeah exactly it's not always the dialogue, and that was what we were saying before about that's the reason you can cut chunks of dialogue from a script is because that exchange you know whether it be via eye contact or reactions or having someone listen and re- and, and engage um, can tell you a lot more than sometimes the script can
3: Yeah.
1: Do you think that's a big part of when you, if you talk about designing a scene as an editor, do you think that's a big part of it, that sub, that sort of subtext or that reaction or?
0: If
3: if it's well written.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But that can also be something that even if it's not well written, that's sort of a layer that if it exists in the performance can elevate the material.
1: Yeah. And is that on the director, on the actor? I mean, how much of it is?
3: Yeah, it's both. It's both. Yeah, but you know, a good script that just has that implied is mm-hmm. we can go to town on that. You know, um, and those 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 kind of shows are just delightful to work on. Yeah.
1: With the, how important is so because it's such a you know as we as we know it's an incredible it's a visual um, medium and and scripts are you know absolutely essential in terms of. You know, I get a well-written script and the dialogue is easy. It's easy. It's yeah. easy to remember. It's easy to feel the right emotions. It's, it's easy. Is there a way? So is, it's the same for you. Is that the same for you in terms of, yeah, you're, you, you start with a wonderful script and you can do wonderful things? Yeah. yeah, that's
0: right, because everybody has a solid base to work from. It's just that, it's that clarity that I was talking about before, is that if there's a really good script... There's no question of of what the story is at any particular moment, you know, and from that point, then you can get great variation out of performances because everyone knows what's
1: anchoring it. Can you do wonderful things with a bad script? Yeah.
3: You can. If you've got, um, yeah, good performance. I mean, what you need to make a good film or a good TV series is good script and good actors and everyone else should just stay out of their way. Yeah. (laughs) True. I mean, true. Absolutely
1: yeah. true. So thinking about, so we've got okay. So we've got this sort of continuity, emotional continuity of emotional tone, continuity of movements, being. So when you talk about, um, I think, I think Nick, you said something about being. Um, did you say authentic or real or something emotional?
3: Truthful truth. Truthful emotional truth is. Um, and it, and uh, we were talking about this yesterday, in in a comedy. No, mm. uh, what the the biggest mistake, uh, well, mistake's the right word, but biggest problem uh, I have, and I, and I think Julianne agreed with me, is people trying to be funny. Just be truthful, and it will be if it's if it's funny. If the script's funny, it will be funny. Yeah. Um. Uh. This is one, of, I was saying before we came on air that I spent a lot of time looking at interviews between, uh, with Billy Wilder and Jack Lemmon. And Jack Lemmon um, said that Billy Wilder directed Some Like It Hot as if it was a drama. So he wanted them to take the pickles they were in seriously as characters. And, um, yeah, so I, you know, I worked on a comedy series that went for several years, and I went through all the takes trying to find the moments where the actors were trying to be as least funny as possible.
0: Mm
3: -hmm. and yes the scripts are funny it was funny
0: yeah because the like what you're laughing at really is that you're laughing at the emotions and and probably usually the negative emotions like fear humiliation pain like all of that stuff if it's performed truthfully is really funny in the context
1: it's been written in
3: yeah I mean some people can be outrageous like Jim Carrey you know or, or robin williams but that that's yeah. very 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 rarely does that work yeah.
1: have you seen over the last 10 years a big change in the style of comedy that we produce in australia
0: that's i nice.
3: think so i think it's gotten way less broad don't you nick yeah yeah it much more, more and that's writing as well yeah but if i look back at things i did you know 25 years ago they the acting tends to be a lot bigger too yeah. which sometimes makes me cringe a little bit <laughs> um yeah so i think well everything's been really more sophisticated in television isn't it yeah in the last 15 years
0: i think the audiences have gotten the audiences have gotten smarter and and sort of more accustomed to watching a lot more so i think uh subtlety is sort of a lot more noticeable to an audience
1: now. I think that's sort of just evolved. Mm. Is there a difference in the sort of performance level you need to have in terms of the different shots, the different sort of coverage?
3: Yeah, well, you need to do less than a close-up for sure. Um, There's there's a great story about Richard Burton going on to work on um, Cleopatra, and he'd done a lot of... He had done some film work, but he mainly was on theatre. And he just noticed that in, in Elizabeth Taylor's close-ups, like, I'm not sure if she told him or he just noticed that she was basically doing nothing, you know, um, and it just was had power.
0: That said, I don't think that means you need to go all
3: out in a wide
0: shot. No, no. Because <laughs> then they won't cut together. It's about the continuity. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's I really think uh,
3: The answer to that might be no, right? Yeah,
0: I think so. I think it's just about just playing it. With continuity over the whole scene because again, the camera and the blocking does all of that.
3: Yeah, yes. You know, that's I mean,
0: right. I don't know about you, Nick, but I only use a wide shot when people, like for geographical
3: reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Know, like it's when
0: people are moving from one place to another. I'm not generally using a wide shot for performance. Yeah.
1: So you'll always start, with, you know, you'll always start with the wide shot. That will be the first thing that's shot. No, no, not at all. No?
0: No. Start
1: with the close-up.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Emma's on, Lo- on Love Me, which I'm cutting at the moment. Emma's shooting her close-ups first, and just doing enough, like as many takes as she needs, to get the performance to a place where she's happy. And and then also that means that you naturally get that variation in the close-ups, and then the and then it sort of comes out from that point on, which is great. I think it's really useful.
1: Do you ever have discussions before with directors about what sort of shots you think you'll need? Does that come up? Is that something you would do? No. It is? Not
0: in in television. In film? In film, yeah. Like in film, I generally would go through the shot list with the director beforehand um, and, you know, just as a reference and just sort of check coverage. But generally it's because... Um, they're getting a lot less coverage than in television. So, you know, in television, you basically work with what you get, unless you're finding it's not enough, in which case you'll call the director and say, hey, we need a little bit more or something like that. But in terms of specific shots, it's sort of up to them and the DP, really.
3: Yeah, I mean, I my attitude is to make what I've got work yeah. rather than complain, except for that one example, I apologize. Yeah. <laughs>
1: If, say we're in a shot, here's um, uh, when you've been on set and you've made a mistake, so you're you're halfway through a scene, you've dropped a line, you realise you've dropped a line, is it best just to push on through or is it better to roll back a few lines for you as editors? What would you prefer get?
3: Yeah, that's a tricky, we were talking about something quite similar to that yesterday. Mm -hmm probably better to push on in that case, but we were talking about uh, when you flub a line, what tends to ha- and it happens almost daily, really, someone makes a mistake. You know, uh, the example I gave is like, you can't handle, a tr- sorry, you can't handle the truth. Just go, and this goes on. And that's what I got, that's what you got to work with. In that situation, I think you, if you have, if you feel confident enough, you can either ask the other actor to give you that line again or back up two lines, Yeah. right? Don't just repeat the line because it will be useless because we're missing the reaction to whatever just happened before that. Mm -hmm. That's a big one. If, if, I mean, that would be if, you know, inexperienced people took that one thing away from this, it would be really...
0: I mean, I think it's generally also about how confident (laughs) you are as an actor in whether basically what's going to make you lose your flow more. Yeah. Like I would rather someone continue if going back and repeating a line is going to throw the performance. You know, so it's really just about how you feel in the moment and whether you feel like you can get it back again by going back. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and deciding how far back it is you need to go. And generally, a few lines is probably a good a good thing to do
3: but for us anyway. It
1: happens rarely, though.
0: It does happen rarely.
1: I think it happens know. rarely that people will take it back a few lines. They just sort of push on generally. Yeah,
0: yeah. Sometimes, a lot of I'm finding directors are often interrupting and asking for that, um, you know, say go back to here and start from here again. You
3: know? Yeah, that's, yeah, well, we like that, yeah. yeah.
1: Tell me, so over the last, I mean, a few little, a couple of the things that sort of occur to me is this sort of rise of um, a TikTok and editing at home and what you know what what you're seeing in the industry in terms of people becoming their own little production houses and whether there's some good work coming out of that or
3: I haven't really been following it I'm sorry so I can't answer that
1: or any sort of um, social media video because there's sort of any sort of social media on Instagram or
0: I think I mean, look, you know, I'm not really big on TikTok or anything either, and I think we've, you know, probably always just got too much on to spend too much time on there. But I'm noticing that there's a lot of younger people, especially editors or people that want to be editors coming into the industry that have been cutting since they were 10. Like, it's kind of quite amazing. And also directors. Like, I've found a few directors have shown up in the edit suite wanting their own avid. So they can put together scenes and, you know, and sort of send them to you to polish, which is a strange thing to get your head around. But I just say embrace it. Like as long as there's a line between sort of what ends up in the final show. Um, I've had a couple of directors that have sort of wanted to do that as a process. Mm. And, um, you know, once you get past the, the ego blow um you know you sort of go all right like okay let's do it and it's fine you know like it's they're, they're never you know they're never as good as what you could do because that's what you do you know that's your craft so you know you sort of go all right there's an idea in there let's work with that
2: you
3: know I've never had that happen
0: yeah you you might you yeah, exactly. might miss that boat, but Absolutely. I think it's going to happen a lot more often
1: is there are there any um well we're going to go to questions in a minute but is there anything are there any stories that you like to tell or um, other information that you think would be great for actors to take away?
3: Well, I think um, the other side of the coin with not trying to be funny is not trying to be too tragic. Mm. I think uh, if if people are tending to err in a dramatic scene, they're erring on the side of getting way too big. And, you know, because everyone likes to go to 11 and show that what they can do, I think. Yeah. Um, And so I guess on both sides of the coin, restraint.
0: Yeah. Because, you know, and Nick and I were saying this yesterday, um, you know, in every episode of television, um, there's generally one moment that you're building up to. So there's only one moment that can afford to be that big, you know, and so it's about thinking about the context and where your part sits in that Mm. um, in terms of trying to regulate how far to go.
1: A tears is important.
0: Well, you can only have tears once an episode. You know, as soon as you have three people (laughs) crying in an episode, the third time you see it, it's pointless. You know, you don't feel anything. So it's about sort of what what we do is try and work our way up to those tears. So, um, yeah, we definitely don't want them all the time.
1: That's for sure. So it's interesting. We all need to know where we are, where where what level of energy, emotional energy, yeah. we're at, or what um, something we need to be thinking about as well. Is what I'm hearing. Yeah,
0: because sometimes you can get a great, you know, someone will do a great performance and they'll cry, and you'll go, "Wow!" Like in isolation, that's amazing, but it just doesn't work in the show because it's not at the right time. Yeah. You know, and it's a shame when you have to cut that stuff out because someone's done something really great, but it just it just doesn't work for story, or it or it undermines something that's coming up. Later.
3: Yeah, and it's not uncommon at all, is it? No.
1: When just just quickly before we get to the questions, what about um? Have you noticed a difference in intimacy now that we have intimacy coordinators on set, and we've got the Me Too movement that's you know um, changed a lot of things? Are you seeing less? Flesh less, or people more comfortable. Now we've got intimacy. Intermiss- you know, ha- have you noticed a change with those sorts of scenes?
3: There seem to be less of them. Yeah. So maybe the producers and writers are becoming aware of. I think so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was watching um, the outlaw Josie Wales the other day. That was made, I think, in the early '80s. And um, there's a scene where Sandra Locke is almost getting raped by a gang of thugs, and they're showing her bare ass, like quite a few times in this scene. And, and I was thinking, you, you know, you would never show a man like that. And, and you wouldn't shoot that scene like that anymore. But you know, just, I mean, that's a long time ago, of course. But
1: it's interesting though, isn't it? They do stick out now. Some of the you watch yeah, things and yeah. you think, oh my God, why? Why is she nude here? Why, why are her boobs here?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No?
1: Yeah. It's um, yay. We moved right. Yay. Great. <laughs>
0: right. And I think now that that is a thing, I mean, you know, I won't say what show it was on, but I once had a producer try and convince myself and the director that um, someone should shoot a fight, a, a woman should shoot a fight scene naked.
1: That sounds very dangerous to me. Well,
0: I mean, how, it's just impossible. I mean, how are you going to, you know, how are we going to use that? Like, it yeah. just, yeah. So things like that, not that long ago, you know, like maybe like five or six years ago. Um, I just don't
1: think that would happen now at all. Right. It's lovely to hear that you're seeing it, seeing the change.
3: Yeah, 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 definitely.
1: Were you going to say something else, Nick?
3: No, no, I was just thinking, I, I think I'm cutting less of those sort of scenes now.
0: Yeah, a lot less. Or they're, you know, generally people are clothed or, you know, there's more creative ways around it. Tasteful.
3: Yeah, well, that's good. Mm. I don't like exploitation.
1: No. No.
3: Funny how time makes things, dates things so quickly.
1: Yeah, very yeah. quickly over a very short period. I mean, it feels like a long period over the change, but actually, it's not that long. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Music, too, dates things insanely.
1: And speed, I've noticed things like, oh, I've got teenage children. I say, let's watch this. Let's watch this. <laughs> it's so fantastic. And then you're watching, you think, oh, it's so slow. <laughs> so yeah. slow. And they've, won- they've gone, they've gone yeah. within. 10 minutes of something. I mean, like that.
0: that's probably the major impact of the whole TikTok social media generation really is, is pace because they're so used to seeing things in short bites, you know, but um, there is a little bit of pressure to keep up with that. It's, just, it's a balance, you know. I think everything has gotten faster though, definitely, like in the last few years. Oh,
3: yeah. 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 Well, certainly over the th- 35 years I've been doing this, by okay. the back of things that I cut. Um, I I was lucky enough to be an assistant editor on the Equalizer in New York many, many years ago. So I got to cut Edward Woodward. Um, And, uh, well, speaking of actors not knowing what was going on, he came into the cutting rooms one day and he looked around and said, oh, so that's what goes on here. (laughs) (laughs) But looking back at those scenes, yeah, it's partly the way they're written and shot to Mm -hmm. just... um, so intense that he kind of made up for it. But, and he, I mean, he was a great actor, to cut it. very simple. Everything was very simple and clear and exactly what every moment was about. Mm. And if you forgot a line, you stayed in character, which is quite terrifying for continuity, I think. Anyway, so this is, this is a movie.
1: wonderful thing. It's never dropping character, one of the other things. So it doesn't matter what you do, just don't. If you're still in character, yeah. you may be able to, as editors, you can still work with it.
0: Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I vividly remember him saying, mine, like this in the middle of the scene where he was interrogating someone. <laughs> but he just made it easy.
2: You know? Yeah. OK, we've got lots of questions. Um, Emily. Hi,
0: thank you. Thank you all three of you for for this chat. It's really interesting. Can you speak to how helpful silence and stillness is in
2: an actor's performance um, and how that affects your work?
3: Oh, we love it. Yeah, we love stillness. And silence, yeah.
0: Again, as long as it's appropriate to the scene, you know, it's about sort of seeing where it's going to work to tell the story. But, yeah, definitely, I mean, again, Nick and I, we were talking about this yesterday as well, is, you know, just mindfulness of your body, like on screen, you know, and that you don't need to be moving too much. It's about purposeful, intentional movement that really helps focus the performance
2: as well. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, thank, thank you. you. Yes, here she is, Victoria.
0: Hi, thank you so much for your talk. Just zooming in from New Zealand. Um, <laughs> um, I was just wondering, um, this is a question I've come up quite a few times and um, across work, um, is how much do you need to match the other actors' performance? Like if they're quite big, do you stay subtle? Obviously you never break the connection between you and a scene. Is it better to stay true to your own instincts um, while still connecting or is matching the styles of performance more important?
3: Uh, the former. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, be true to your own idea of what the scene is. And the
0: yeah, because the, I think the director will step in and adjust that if they need to, you know, if that's not working and the tones aren't connecting, then the director will generally step in and and pull you up or down depending. Yeah, thank you. I've just been working on a show where it's like, very cartoony in style um, and some of the actors are very naturalistic and some are super cartoony and it's really hard to play that balance. I rough. think that's that's a call for the director to make because ultimately that's, that's Like I would, you know, I'm sure, you know, Nick would say the same is that that would be problematic for us, you know, yeah. um, because there needs to be a decision made on, on which it is and that's ultimately up to the director. Thank you.
3: But we sound like we prefer your version.
2: Yeah, I would prefer <laughs> okay, I've got Kevin coming up.
3: So, oh, hi, um, my question is about uh, the actors that you breathe a sigh of relief when they, uh, when you see the name on the on the sheet, um, <laughs> because you know that they have enough technique that the camera loves them. Um, so do you have examples you can share of people that, that you relax immediately with? Oh, I can give a two, for example. Um, I was doing water rats years ago uh, when Steve Bisley was the co-lead with Catherine McClements. And I vividly remember, you know, you get, a, you get a pile of pages of the scenes for the day. I vividly remember when I turned the, to the next scene and there was Steve Bisley. I, I remember thinking, oh, thank God. Let's see what the hell he's going to do now because he's just <laughs> doing all this incredible stuff. And also when they got to the end of the scene, he and Catherine McClements, they just kept going. They would keep going for a minute, just making stuff up. Um, I never used any of it, I don't think, but, um, but it was, yeah. And it was his creativity and, you know, just constantly full of surprises that were always, you know, within the bounds of what Jul- Julianne was talking about earlier, of, of the meaning of the scene. Yeah. That's just yeah. sprung to mind that, you know, lots of fine actors that we were lucky enough to get to work with.
0: Yeah, there are a lot. That you'd look at a call sheet and, you know, I mean, sometimes I've never, you know, it might be someone I've never cut before, um, but I'll see them on a call sheet, I'll look at look them up on IMDB and look at what they've done and, you know, if I've seen their work and I liked it, I generally feel good, you know. I go, okay, like I've seen something that's in the realm of what we're doing and I feel comfortable with that, um, yeah.
3: I, I love an inexperienced actor, that uh, you know, someone I'm, I feel like I'm really trying to help that person shine, you know. Yeah. It's like working with young directors or anything else, you know, it's, it's just a, a delight.
0: But also the more, like, and in those cases, when it works or where they pleasantly surprise you is the more intuitive and natural they are, the more comfortable you feel, you know, with the performance and and, and where it's going to go and what you can do with it.
3: Yeah, well, we both had a recent experience with Bump, um, with um, Natalie Morris who's oh, a amazing. Ki- Kiwi actor I've never heard of before, and um, yeah, she was very net- very relaxed in her performance, mm-hmm. but uh, and she had something that you can't learn and you can't teach, which is she was absolutely riveting and you couldn't take your eyes off her. Like sort another of a Jack Nicholson thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just in the background of a shot, and you're looking to see what she's doing. <laughs> and it, and it just, it's just, you know. I guess the bad news is that's you either have it or you don't, I think. <laughs> but I, And I think she's just passing through on her way to glory. I suspect <laughs> she's just an incredible actor. Quick follow-up was just, what do you want to scream at us to stop doing, apart from touching the hair and all the rest of it? If there's one thing that you just go, for God's sake, will you stop doing that? Um, is there anything that stands out? The two things we've mentioned.
0: <clears throat> I would say, um, like... Uh shifting eye lines you know like that's for me that's i i'm primarily always looking at an actor's eye line who they're looking at who they're responding to what they're reacting to and it's really frustrating when the eyes are darting all over the place and there's no focus so that's the one big one i would say because it's really important
3: yeah as um walter Murch, the great hollywood actor said it's a dance of the eyes I and mean, we're always looking at the eyes, <clears throat> the connections, but I think it's a ballet of gestures as well. It's about yeah. the eyes. Yeah.
2: So, Jack?
0: Hi there, yeah. Um, well, yeah, I was originally gonna ask about, yeah, busy acting, you sort of mentioned, and I imagine yeah, dinner table scenes would be a nightmare, but I had a second question, which I'm gonna ask instead. There's a sort of a hesitancy sometimes when I have an audition for a character that has like one line, um, and I kind of wonder, is this going to be, if the episode's running long, is this going to be on the firing line? And, you know, and I, I kind of wonder is it, does that happen? And I'm happy to do these, like, you know, kind of supporting role, like, Hey, what are you doing? And it cuts to the main character running out the door, like your coffee, <laughs> it's here. <laughs> is that, is that something that I should kind of accept if I'm going for like, a, a like a... Quick little side, you know, angry man role. Like, does that happen in the editing room? Am I going to be out of focus? And I'm happy with that, but is
3: that likely? We don't know the answer to that. It depends on the circumstances.
0: It depends on how important it is to the story and to the main players in the story, really. Because sometimes you can't do without those lines, Mm. you know, because if they may motivate someone or, you know, like, I think that the times where they do get cut is if they don't work and it's it's the punctuation of a joke, you just lose it. Like in yeah. that case, I think I find that that happens quite often.
3: But sure. you, you mm-hmm. should still be doing them though, you absolutely. The oh yeah, yeah. But the sometimes I- they
0: can be gold. Like there's sometimes where you go, who's that guy that said that one line? He's
1: amazing. Let's <laughs> get him back.
3: back for a big role. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah. Cool. No, thanks, guys. Just curious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, go for it. Now,
1: can we extend just a little bit? When you're talking about cutting, when you get the, the phone call and the email, you've got to cut 10 minutes. How do you start?
3: Well, you know, uh, when I, years ago, uh, the episodes of TV had to be an exact length. Mm. And um, now because of streaming, I think no one cares anymore. Yeah. So I've just done a show where we made a 58, 59 minute episode for the ABC. Um, the last episode of Total Control Series 2. Really worth watching. <laughs> it's just amazing how many things that have been going on this year in politics are reflected in this show that was, oh, wow. written, it was written way before. Mm. Anyway, just a little plug. And, and who doesn't want to spend six hours with Deborah Mailman?
1: <laughs> Tiffany, hello from uh, Adelaide. Thank you so much. This has been so great. Um, I just I wanted to ask. I've heard a rumor that um, that often footage will be used before the director even calls action. Just those sort of those casual moments where actors are are doing their thing, and they'll be slotted in for different reactions at different times. Is that true? Yep.
0: It is, but generally only when the actor uh, has, when, when we're missing something appropriate that should be there, I would say. I don't often go looking
3: for those Not things. Often, but um, I cut a performance of a quite inexperienced actor that was sort of thrust into a leading role and who was being very, very, very emotional quite constantly. And I remember I used a shot in an intense moment that was taken by, one of the camera people while he was just sitting there uh, while they were setting up the scene this guy just decided to run off 15 seconds of him just sitting there and I used it at, a, um, at an intense moment in the scene and he got nominated for a big award <laughs> And I've been working with Wayne Blair and he's always wanted to go and look at things after cut and before action. Right. So that's one piece of advice is don't stop acting when the director says cut. Well
0: that I think that is when they are useful is when you're still in character. Mm.
3: Yeah. yeah. Mm. It's, I truly don't stop acting yeah. until someone walks in and starts doing your makeup or something. Yeah. <laughs> truly. It's truly that's what you know often. Awesome.
2: Thank you
1: so
3: much. Thank you.
2: Oh, yeah sorry here we go Peter
3: hello hey um look (laughs) one of the things that you were mentioning before about um shooting out of uh sequence as a result you as a as editors do you find that having a good relationship with a script editor on set or being on set yourself is helpful for moments like that because you mentioned Mm -hmm. story you know what you were talking about before about the actors being completely out of sync with their emotions. And you got to the point where you couldn't use the scenes and had to re-shoot them. Would it be best to set stop that before it happens? Uh, you're talking about the script supervisor, I think. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I said editor, didn't I? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I think that's a great thing to be able to talk. I mean, a good script editor certainly should know where things are fitting.
0: Right. Well, yeah, I'd say the like if you're not getting that from the director, I mean, and you feel you can't ask for it, then yeah, the script supervisor is the next best best person for sure. Because that's yeah. you know, if there is an issue with that, that's who we'll talk to as well. Yeah, and sort you're of say, hey, like this isn't quite working. You know, um, they weren't in the right place. But to be honest, I don't, I don't notice that a lot. Do you, Nick?
1: Uh,
3: no, no.
0: No, I, I feel like most people sort of have it have it
3: sorted out on set and is that something that you learn over time or is that just something that you're either going to have that feeling or you're not no i think you i mean with i don't know if you i'm sure you feel this Julian. we're feeling our way through the scene we're feeling our way through the emotions of each character i'm kind of you know i'm having this emotional experience of identifying with each actor in turn or in a room full of people, you know, what they want and what they're trying to what they're trying to achieve. And that does that often involves listening and yeah. reacting.
0: Yeah, I mean the way I choose my takes is I, I watch everything and I mark what I've had an emotional response to. So, yeah. you know, by default, a lot of that is reaction. Yeah. Because it's about the person who that dialogue is impacting.
1: Thank you so much, Nick and Jules. Um, it's been lovely. I mean, to have two incredibly hardworking and prolific editors share their tips. it's it's been a real joy. thank you, we really appreciate it. Ongoing, just wanted to sort of sum up. so we've we've discussed, so what I've got looking at truth, emotional tone, the appropriateness of emotional tone, um options, subtlety, reactions continuity you <laughs> know getting you getting your props right not touching your hair not touching your hair <laughs> anything else keeping keeping in character until the very end until you really push off off yeah. um offset anything else that you would like to share
2: there's one last question which may fit into this yes Talking about uh, in theatre, timing is important. Should actors just be aware of leaving gaps for editors to control timing decisions? No. No. Okay. <laughs> no.
0: Right. No. It's, that's what, this is probably another, you know, what I'm looking for personally is a reason not to cut. You know, I want to hold on a shot and I want to let the performance and the shot do its thing. And um, inappropriate pauses, like, are the first thing we're going to cut away for. You
3: know, um, we want the rhythm to be there in the performance so that we don't have to cut away. And, I mean, overlaps are an issue. Back, you know, years ago, I only had two tracks of audio in the Avid. So if someone, if people were overlapping each other and doing it in different times and different shots, as they did on Heartbreak High, (laughs) it was a nightmare. (laughs) Because now everyone's got their own mic and we have separate tracks for everybody. It's easier but overlaps are a tricky thing. I mean, if you're going to overlap overlap at the same point in the other person's line, as much as... But then,
0: again, they do feel natural, you
3: know? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's,
0: there's something nice about an overlap because it feels like a natural conversation.
3: Also, we can create them. I'm doing that's true. Yeah, yeah, we often
0: do do that. that hey, sorry, can I interject? Because that question was mine. Um, is that the same for comedy as well? Because you're talking about how people should be playing it straight. And in theatre, obviously, you know, your timing is so imperative. But when you have mm. that, um, when you're going back and forth between actors, rather than just your own scene and having a big pause, um, I've been told on a number of occasions, no, don't jump in like that. Even There was a gap, but don't jump in because the editors will decide on that. I think that's odd advice because yeah. to be honest, when I cut comedy, I am looking for natural timing in that performance. And that's what I want to use. Like I'm basically going. I love that exchange. The timing is great. Let me cut to the next exchange where the timing is really great. You know, great. That's that's what I'm looking for. Not to manipulate the timing in between lines.
3: But there might be another reason why telling someone is telling you not to jump in.
0: Maybe 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 they're feeling that the rhythm on the day wasn't quite right for some reason. But but generally we're looking for that timing to be inherent
1: in the performance and in
0: the take that's helpful thank
1: you that was a great question um I think we have to you know as long I would like to ask you six more questions but I think that we have to let you go because I know you're all busy and everyone's busy and probably going thank you so much it's just been a joy Um, thank you for the beautiful work that you have I mean there everybody has got your um bios but in, in particular over you know, over the lockdown, Wakefield, Nick, was just oh, amazing, 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 amazing. in the At the Malt House, because the night, we all just watched it and just were raving about it. Um, and, Jules, I was speaking to you earlier about Girls Can't Surf the documentary, Everybody That Came Out a Year Ago, that just I, I actually found it, again, talking about emotional response to things, huge emotional response to both those works and you know we really a lot of what has got us all through this lockdown is great tv so thank you
2: (laughs) thank
3: you we'd like to make you laugh and to make you cry
1: yeah
2: and I would like to thank Nicole for doing such a wonderful job hosting. Yeah, thank yeah, you, thank you
1: Nicole. That was great. Oh, my pleasure. Members
2: turning up today, so attending today. So, again, thank you to Nicholas, Julian, and Nicole and everyone here today. It's been a really wonderful session to have you all. Thank you.
0: Thanks, everyone. Thanks for
3: having us. Thank, thank you. you.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank so you. Thanks, Alex. Thank you.
3: Thank you, <laughs> Thanks, <Alex>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you all again. Media Super
1: is the principal sponsor of the Equity Foundation. For more information about the work of the Foundation, visit equityfoundation.org.au or follow Australian Actors' Equity on Facebook and Twitter.